Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at robertsrobinson.com. All right, this podcast we may call the Oddcast because I'm not going to do it in the typical order where we do either sports up front and then the news or news up front and then the sports. The rhyme and reason to this podcast simply is I'm going in order of shock value, I think, or importance of story, if you will, or what most people will be talking about. We're simply going to stack these things in an order of importance for what people are thinking, what they're talking about, and where we are. And we start with the Kansas Jayhawks in a stunning, the most un-KU-like finish to a basketball game at Allen Fieldhouse I've ever seen, a loss to BYU that drops Kansas to 21-7 and and 9-6. and They lose 76-68 in a game that was tied. This is the most un-KU-like part of this thing. They led for almost 36 minutes. They were up 12 points in the second half. This game suddenly was tied at 66-all with 228 to go. And because it's at Allen Fieldhouse, and because we have watched Bill Self's Jayhawks for decades now, we know how this game ends. Only this game didn't end that way. There is the best way for me to describe this is what's going on with Kansas this year because they had just come off. I thought the flip, the switch had been flipped. I mean, they went to Oklahoma and just bombed a decent team, just destroyed them on their home floor, which was a real step for Kansas this year because they've lost at Central Florida. They lost at West Virginia. They went to Oklahoma and just dominated them. Then they come back home and Texas is never in the game. Texas, by the way, last night went to Texas Tech and drilled Texas Tech on the road. A really impressive performance on Texas. So that's how good Kansas was on Saturday. There was no reason to believe, even with McCullough out of the lineup, that this was going to be anything other than the ascension of a basketball team working its way toward the top, probably headed to becoming a number two seed and getting ready to play its best basketball in the NCAA tournament. And with 228 left and tied at 66 all, KU has this gear in their their truck, their vehicle, their sports car, whatever you want to call it. It's not neutral. It's a gear that you don't have in your car. It's a gear that I don't have in my car. It's a gear that when they shift into that gear, it lunges forward a little bit, then it lunges backward a little bit, and it lunges forward, and it lunges backward, and then it gets stuck in backward. And you're just staring at your broken car with this, deer in the headlights look of what's going on. I got to call 911 here. I got to get some help. Do I got to call AAA? Do I need a tow truck? What is happening? SOS. Shoot the flares in the sky. My car is broken. Not in neutral. In some gear I didn't even know we had. Like my transmission is shot. That's what happened to the Jayhawks. Tied at 66 all. The transmission was shot. An 8-0 run by BYU where Kansas didn't do much right at all. And all five players had this look in their You could see it. Their body language was terrible. They had a terrible look in their eye. It was defeatist. It was like, okay, here we go again. We've been in these bad spots before, and we're not getting out of this. And you could see it. You could sense it. You could feel it. And it was just the most un-KU-like thing ever. And I thought those days of this season were over. We've seen them before. We've seen KU do that before. And, and the Texas Tech game is maybe off the radar at this point. It's been a couple of weeks ago. They went down and just got drilled. Kansas just got drilled on the road and then came back with two remarkable performances, two weeks of coaching, a, a complete week off of getting healthy and rested, and they got their legs under them. And then this, and there really is no explanation other than this team is missing something in the gut and in the mind. It's not really physical. Dewan Harris is a, an accomplished player who has the ball in his hands at all times. He's 100 years old. He's been there forever. Johnny Furphy has come on as a really good component of this team. Hunter Dickinson's the best big man in the conference. On a bad night, he had 17 points and 11 rebounds against BYU. Kansas is cruising. They're up 12. They keep throwing it into Dickerson, and Dickinson just is too much down low. Kansas, at one point, they... Flashed a stat on the screen, had 22 more points in the paint than BYU. They're just destroying them playing Bill Self basketball. They're scoring low. Down low in the post, they're scoring. They're getting to the free throw line at a record rate. They wound up shooting 31 free throws in this game, but they missed 12 of them. 
Hunter Dickinson got the yips at the free throw line. He got the deer in the headlights. He got the pit in his stomach and the brain dead attitude. And he's sitting there clanking free throws with the game on the line. Dickinson would say after the game, I got in my head a little, meaning I got my own way. Yes, the free throw started it, but I got in my own way. And when Hunter Dickinson checks out, dude, this dude checks out. Like, you just watch the whole game. You're like, nobody can stop him. You throw it in there. He scores. If he misses, he gets his own rebound. He puts it back. It's a weapon nobody else has. You see why they paid him this much money to play college basketball at Kansas. It all makes sense. But my God, when it goes bad for the guy, look, I don't think he quits. I see the effort. But he gets into this mode where instead of, you know, like this is an unfair comparison, but great players. We see great players, what they do when things are going poorly. Michael Jordan, Patrick Mahomes, they make something happen and they score and they ignite their team. Hunter Dickinson doesn't do that. When it's going poorly, he starts by moping. And then secondly, he hooks somebody or he, he gets engaged with an opponent and it always winds up the same. It winds up with Hunter Dickinson on the floor. Now, we can argue whether he gets fouled and knocked to the floor, it's a flop, he goes to the floor, or whatever. His default position, when all goes to hell, is I'm going to go wrestle with this guy, and I'm going to go to the floor and see if that turns the game around. I don't know. Hell, this game even had a technical foul by the BYU coach. Check that box for Mark Pope. He's ch- they hadn't played there in 50 years. Didn't take them long to get pissed off at the refs at Allen Fieldhouse. He got a technical foul. It was a four-point play. For Kansas, you thought the game was over at that point. Kansas is going to go win this. BYU melted down. We saw everything Kansas does to everyone all the time at Allen Fieldhouse in building this 12-point lead and a coach getting a technical foul and a team unraveling, and Kansas just pissed it away. And I'd love to credit the living daylights out of BYU, but they're not that good. They shot 39%. This wasn't... What Kansas fans like to say is, oh, this happens. We go to the NCAA tournament and run into a buzzsaw of a team that hits all these threes. They missed 21 three-pointers. Let me repeat that. They missed 21 three-pointers in this game. BYU did. Okay, they hit 13. They're a volume team. They didn't hit for some big percentage. BYU shot 39% in this game. Total, overall, 39%. That ain't great. I think Kansas at home, if you ask Bill Self, you're going to hold your opponent to 39% shooting tonight. Will you win? He'd say, yeah, we're going to win. But Kansas didn't. They shot 39% too. And most of it was just slop in the second half. And late in the game, they just went AWOL. They had stretches in the second half where they didn't score. They had a four or five minute period where they just couldn't get a field goal. And then at the end of the game, when they finally played, played better and got this thing right, you know, it's 66-all for crying out loud. You're at Allen Fieldhouse. You're playing BYU. They're okay. I know they've been ranked a couple times this year. They're a fun little team to watch. They got a whole bunch of little white boys running around the perimeter and shoot threes. And if you overguard them at the perimeter, the white boys are just quick enough to dribble around you and go to the basket. They are. They know, they know who and what they are. There's no question what BYU is. They're an easy team to prepare for because they don't alter what they do at all. Here's our game. We're coming at you. Let's see if this works. And I'm sorry, 13 three-pointers is really nice. But you're playing BYU at Allen Fieldhouse. You're going to give them the 13 three-pointers. You're just going to say, there's 39 points. You can have those. We're going to beat you so bad down low. And we're going to get to the free throw line. And we're going to keep you from scoring at the rim that that is not enough. But on this night, it was enough. And the only thing I can come up with is, again, it's not not quit and it isn't choke. It's a malaise. It's a funk. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a discombobulation. It's, it's the, the only apt thing to say is deer in headlights. It's like Kansas players, the ones who've been there for a while, look around and go, why is this a game? We're supposed to have won this already, and now it's a game and it's not, and ooh, they look kind of scared. They're tentative. That's it. That's exactly what they are. Bill Self, after the game, said he had an uneasy feeling about this game because Kansas had a terrible shoot-around on Tuesday before this game with no energy. 
Now, McCullers out. He's a big part of it. But every team in the league, every team in the country, deals with injuries or players that are gone. We didn't let Kansas State have this as an excuse this year that Naquan Tomlin was booted off the team. All right, no excuse. Sorry, you got a full roster. Go find a way to win games. That's just how it works in sports. Go find a way. Next man up. Let's go. McCuller now, they're talking like, could be a season-ending problem, that there's no real end in sight. I think Bill Self wants to have him for the Big 12 tournament so he can get some games in him before the NCAA tournament. There is just no way that a Bill Self basketball team is so reliant on one player. This is not about Kevin McCuller. They were too good at Oklahoma and too good against Texas without him. It is not about Kevin McCuller. That is not the crutch. That is not the excuse. It is not. Now, if we want to talk about can they make the Final Four or compete for a national title, they're going to need Kevin McCuller. I'm talking about BYU on a Tuesday night where you're leading by 12. For crying out loud. And we look around college basketball, and I say with so many teams, Dennis Gates hasn't won a conference game at Missouri. That's on him. The players are good enough to have won a conference game this year. They're good enough. They're not great, but they've got a good enough collection of players that Dennis Gates should have won some games in the SEC. Right? Jerome Tang shouldn't have seven overtime wins this year. At some point, outcoach somebody, X and O them, or play a game without 18 turnovers and just beat somebody instead of going to overtime and getting a couple of three-pointers and a stop and you've won the game. That's nice, but they're not a tournament team. At some point, a couple of the teams they've lost to, Oklahoma State, some of the poorer teams that K-State has played this year, you should have outcoached somebody and won a game. And now we're saying it with Bill Self. Hell, I watched him call a timeout last night. I don't know what was left, maybe three or four minutes to go in the game. I watched him call a timeout and set up an offensive possession where they didn't score. Not only was the play not there, they dribbled around, the shot clock's going down, they look discombobulated, it's in Dewan Harris's hand, and they wind up putting up a shot that rattles around three or four times, and they don't score. I mean, this team was so off-kilter at the end, Bill Self called a timeout, set his offense, and they still didn't score. That's why I'm leading with this. It's shocking to see. Look, they've got K-State at home next week. They're going to beat K-State. They are at Baylor and at Houston. I don't expect them to win either game, and I don't expect them to roll through the Big 12 tournament and win it. So I think there's three more losses for Kansas, and I should have looked this up before the podcast today, and I didn't. Has Bill Self ever entered the NCAA tournament at Kansas with 10 losses? Guessing maybe he has. 10 losses is, and if I'm a gambling man right now, I'm betting that Kansas will go into the tournament with 10 losses. They've got seven right now. Maybe they can beat Baylor. Baylor's not as rock solid as Houston's going to beat Kansas. I just believe that. I believe Houston's going to beat Kansas, and I believe somebody at T-Mobile Center is going to beat Kansas. It's probably going to come down to the Baylor game. So what are we looking at here? Well, we don't know exactly what would happen in Kansas City. Maybe they win a couple of games and then lose, and, and we're all feeling pretty good about it. Maybe they get at the title game and lose, whatever. But if they show up in Kansas City and don't have it and lose a game, we're talking about a team that could enter the NCAA tournament possibly losing four out of five? I don't know, man. I, all I know is the most un-KU-like thing I've ever seen. That was really weird. And there's probably some bias. We're an honest podcast. There's some bias involved. You know, we're looking at a bunch of white boys out there running around shooting threes for BYU. So there's bias involved in, hey, you shouldn't be losing that game. But wow, was that shocking. All right, I got a text yesterday from my buddy, Chris, over at B-Stock. And you hear me give all these specials all the time at B-Stock. I, I, I just want to give you a little insight. This is more of a story here than, a, than a, a read or an ad. This is absolutely remarkable what's happened with B-Stock. And you're a big part of it because so many of you have ordered either online or gone to B-Stock and bought something. He sends me a text that says, Kevin, I've got a ton of MacBooks and iPads in stock and coming in. It is a massive amount. Like hundreds of thousands, maybe into the millions of dollars worth. Every custom configuration of MacBook, we have it in stock. We're cheaper than Apple or anywhere. At the same time, just a ridiculous amount of Samsung and LG TVs. Our supplier is sending us 2,500 televisions in the next 90 days. We are literally going to have to give these TV TVs away for prices that you'd pay for a three-year-old television. We ramped up a lot, and this is the most inventory we'll have ever had. 
I mean, we are on Amazon for Apple now. Anyone buying anything Apple in Kansas City is literally throwing their money away if they don't buy it from us. TVs have always been cheaper with us, but now this new thing, we're getting so much volume consistently, it's almost overwhelming. He's got computers and Apple and all these products. Folks, check it out online, bstock.net. Do yourself a favor. If you're looking for a specific product, just go on to their website and call the phone number. Just call them. Say, here's what I'm looking for. What kind of deal can you get me? This is wheeling. You're, you're just, you're going to save so much money at B-Stock. And they're about to be flush with Apple products, Samsung, and LG TVs at bstock.net, 14680 South Flaming Road in Olathe. Kansas City's remodeler is Cross Kitchens KC. Online at crosskitchenskc.com. You know, Tim's secret sauce, beyond the actual product, which is a beautiful new kitchen or bath, or man cave, or whatever it may be. You've got to do the, the great work, obviously. The secret sauce is the customer service. When he and Brittany get involved, and they're working with you about what it is exactly that you want, and they have a design center, and they do a 3D rendition of this, and they show you what your countertops will look like, what the new cabinets will look like when they're redone. That's the secret sauce. It's the customer service across kitchens. You're working with the owners which is really a valuable thing when you're going to be doing something as serious and as sober as remodeling your home. This is important. Where you live is important, and what you do and how you live is very important. And the fact that it's done right on time for the price they say is everything. CrossKitchensKC.com. And Amazing Garage Floors. Who doesn't love an Amazing Garage Floor? I sure do. This spring is your time to get the Amazing Garage Floor. It costs less than you think. At the same time, have them seal your concrete. We watched all that really cold. You've seen the cracking, the pitting, the pocking, the stuff that the city throws toward the end of your driveway that gets all over your driveway and starts pocking it and, and tearing it apart. Amazing garage floors can save years on your sidewalks and driveway by applying the sealer for you. This is not expensive at all, and it adds years of life to your concrete and will likely save you from having to buy a new driveway at some point. AmazingGarageFloors.net, 913-636-1840. I cannot stress enough how good I feel that they sealed my driveway. And th this wasn't a big business for them last year. Not a lot of people did it. You don't, a lot of you are not taking me seriously when I say this. If you've had houses long enough, you know your driveway is going to start falling apart. You can delay that by 10 years or more by sealing it just once. Just one time by sealing it adds years of life to your driveway. AmazingGarageFloors.net, 913-636-1840. The second big story here comes from the Patron Podcast yesterday. We did this on the Patron Podcast, and I told the patrons, I said, I'm doing this again tomorrow on the regular podcast because this is just too good. At Tony'sKansasCity.com, which is my first website I go to every morning, the first site I visit is Tony'sKansasCity.com. You've heard me say that before. You should be going there. It's terrific. And yesterday afternoon at Tony's, he, he puts up a piece about a fact check from a guy named Preston Smith. Preston Smith ran for Jackson County Executive. He's the former Kansas City, Missouri auditor. He's been on the Blue Springs Planning Commissioner. He is anti-tax. He's conservative as the day is long. And he's listened to the Royals now for months say things like 40,000 people live within walking distance. We got all this revenue. We've got so many things happening here and, and park, 40,000 parking spaces and blah, 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 blah. And so Preston Smith debunks all of it. He says, and he goes to the city and the county websites. And he actually links and pastes and does screenshots and shows you the actual data and facts on the screens of what the Royals said. And here's the actual truth. And these are boogered numbers. These are from the county and the city, which means I'm going to read you some numbers I promise you these numbers are low because the city and the county don't want you to know the real numbers. I believe that. There's all kinds of stuff here, okay? Only 4,567 people live within a half mile of the new ballpark. <laughs> Walking distance, half mile. 16,000 live within one mile. And I don't know a lot of people that would start to say, okay, more than a mile is what a team should really bank on people walking in Kansas City, Missouri to go to a game. You have to stretch it out to two miles to get to 40,000 residents. That's a long walk for a lot of people. Maybe. I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't if I live two miles from the ballpark. If I love the urban core, I love the city, I might walk two miles to the game on a nice day. I don't think 
on a Saturday night at 1030, I really want to walk two miles home. Don't think that's in my plans. And here's why. This is stunning research by Preston Smith. In 2023, there were 124 criminal acts. Crimes occurred, things that got reported. 124 criminal acts at the Truman Sports Complex. And I would venture to say the majority of those were inside the games. People did things inside the game. Those aren't going away. You move downtown, you're going to get most of these 124. There is almost no crime outside the game. It occasionally happens. People are crazy. We've seen fights in the parking lot. We've seen cars actually catch on fire. We uh, saw a guy get beat up a couple of years ago in a terrible, terrible incident. Things have happened. It's not completely crime-free, but 124 crimes, most of them uh, nonviolent, whatever, and most of them inside the stadium is a relatively low number. It maybe maybe sounds like a high number to you, but that's what just wait. Preston Smith, according to the databases of Kansas City, Missouri, and Jackson County, within one mile of the new ballpark, within the mile, within the walking distance, within the walking distance, within one mile in 2023, there were 10,987 crimes. Wait, what? 10,987 crimes, new ballpark, 124, old ballpark, and some of those were Chiefs games or concerts, not even Royals games. This is insane. Listen to these numbers. This is the money quote from Preston Smith. And here we go. And I'm now, I'm reading his story. Quote, crime one mile from the proposed site is nearly 100 times worse than at the current stadiums. In 2023, now these numbers are, are going to vary just a little bit. These are now violent crimes. We're talking about violent crimes, not total crimes. In 2023, there were a total of 77 separate crimes reported at Arrowhead and Kaufman during the year. But one mile from the proposed stadium site downtown, there were 6,882 separate violent crimes reported. There were seven stolen automobiles from the Kaufman Stadium Complex in 2023. There were 1,344 stolen automobiles within a mile of the stadium. New stadium. That is more than four cars stolen per day. There were more than 1,000 cars broken into or had parts stolen from them one mile from the proposed site, seven from Kauffman Stadium. Within one mile of the proposed site, there were 12 murders, 25 rapes, and 70 instances of armed robbery, as well as 180 hit and runs within a mile from the downtown site. One more time. 1,344 cars stolen, 1,000 broken into. 12 murders, 25 rapes, 70 armed robberies, 180 hit and runs within a mile of the downtown site. This is stunning even to me. I told you we were stacking the stories in the order of shock value. The only thing more shocking than this is Kansas lost to BYU. These are incredible numbers. Here's the scary part. There's no ballpark there yet. When the ballpark comes, what happens to 1,344 stolen autos and 1,000 break-ins? Those numbers double. You don't think game day will be targeted for breaking into cars? 12 murders won't go up? 25 rapes won't go up? 70 armed robbery? The armed robbery alone will quadruple within a mile of the ballpark. Hit and runs? Oh, my God, folks. Man, I think the Royals, if they, don't, if they don't say it publicly, they need to say it privately to the city. We get this tax passed. We're going to go find private revenue, and we're going to move down here, and we're going to help downtown, but we've got to have help. We need to crack down on the crime. We need no illegal aliens, and we need to stop releasing people from jail when they commit crimes. We need an absolute force down here. We need better policing. We need more detention. And we need to, and we need no illegal aliens. And and listen, these are probably private discussions. They're not going to say this publicly, but it's absolutely true. The Royals can't do this. That that cannot exist. It's just going to be one ledger after another of crime after crime after crime. And friends that you know that drive down there and park three quarters of a mile from the stadium and come back, and their windows are smashed out of their car. 
Folks, they don't have to see a purse sitting in the car to smash your windows. They don't give a flip. These people don't get in trouble. They're going to prey on your vehicle down there because even if they get caught, which they won't, there will be sunglasses, ski masks, hoodies, all these things. Even if they get caught, they'll be released. And the fine that they pay will be less than what they stole. Oh, my. <laughs> Have we got a big problem on our hands in Kansas City, Missouri. I was enjoying a beautiful walk yesterday in the suburbs before the temperature dropped 50 degrees. And randomly playing Spotify with my little puppy Cabo. We went for a long walk. And a song came on that I had not heard in a long, long time. And the song was called Rockin' the Paradise by Styx. You're aware of the rock band Styx? I feel sure. And I started thinking, I, 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 I guess at the time, I didn't really listen to the words all that closely, but I'm listening to the words as I'm walking. I'm like, oh my God, this is today. What, what year was this song? I'm thinking this is either high school or college. I'm like, what year was this song? And they're singing about today. And then I connected Jimmy Carter and Joe Biden Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump, what's happening with young voters then, which was me becoming a conservative because of Jimmy Carter. I didn't pick being a conservative. I was taught to be a conservative because Jimmy Carter was so bad. That's happening. Young voter polling right now on Biden and Trump is Biden 52 and Trump 48 nationally. That's astounding. That's like a 20-some point gap has been closed with young voters. They're seeing it and they're feeling it and they don't like Biden. So this song comes on, and I'm like, I got to go back and look this up. Rockin' the Paradise is a terrific song. And I'm going to read you the words. This is 1981. This song was written, okay, this song was written during the election year in 1980. Carter is president. Reagan is running. This song is written during the Carter years, recorded during the election year, and released basically right after election day, like January, about the time Reagan was going into office in 81 is when this song was released. There was an era of music called recession rock, and it was spawned out of how bad Jimmy Carter was. Unfortunately, our pop culture doesn't do this today. Taylor Swift's out there singing songs about how bad men are instead of lamenting the fact that the Democrat policies are ruining America. We're not seeing a lot of that in popular music. I can't speak to hip-hop and rap. Maybe it's being sung about there, and maybe that's what's swinging the black boat. I don't know. Okay, here's the words from Rock in the Paradise, and I'm not going to try to sing this, although the song gets caught in my head when I'm reading it because I, I know the music. I'm not going to do it. What you doing tonight? Well, have you heard the world's gone crazy? Young Americans, listen when I say, there's people putting us down. I know they're saying that we've gone lazy. To tell you the truth, we've all seen better days. Don't need no fast buck, lame duck profits for fun. Quick trick plans, take the money and run. We need long-term, slow burn, getting it done, and some straight-talking, hard-working son of a gun. That's Reagan. That's Trump. So what you doing tonight? I got faith in our generation. Let's stick together and futurize our attitudes. I ain't looking to fight, but I know with determination we can challenge the schemers who cheat all the rules. Come on and take pride. Be wise, spotting the fools. Big shots, crackpots are bending the rules. A fair shot here for me and for you, knowing that we can't lose. There it is. That's recession rock. And according to critic Patrick Miller, the message from Rock in the Paradise is for Americans to get back to the honest hard work that made the country great. Dennis DeYoung, who wrote the song, expanded on this by saying that what is needed in order to turn things around in America, this is like one of the biggest bands in America, and the lead singer saying, we need common decency between human beings so people feel useful. The biggest crime in the United States is people not feeling useful. People need to feel like they're a useful part of society because they are. We need to get people believing in themselves again that they are important. Yeah, COVID and Joe Biden has done this to us again, just what Jimmy Carter did. There is another song, ironically, on this album. Not ironically. That's not ironic at all. It's by design. Called The Best of Times. And The Best of Times is a remarkable song because it's called The Best of Times, but the entire song is about the worst of times. He's basically saying the best of times is when I'm alone with you, and that's it. DeYoung said, I was trying to explain 
What allows me to weather changes in the world and in our country that are so bad? He said at the time, I go inside, I lock the door, I pull the shades, and I get to embrace somebody I'm in love with, and that's the best of times. That's basically all he has. The words to this song? I know you feel these are the worst of times, and I do believe it's true. When people lock their doors and hide inside, rumor has it it's the end of paradise. But I know the world has just passed us by. Baby, I know. I wouldn't have to cry. The best of times are when I'm alone with you. Some rain, some shine. We'll just make this a world for two. Our memories of yesterday will last a lifetime. We'll take the best and forget the rest. And someday we'll find these are the best of times. The headlines read, these are the worst of times. And I do believe that's true. I feel so helpless, like a boat against the tide. I wish the summer winds could bring back paradise. But I know if the world turned upside down, baby, I know you'd always be around. The best of times are when I'm alone with you. <laughs> That's it. The world sucks. It's awful. America's in decline. And all I've got is pulling the shades, letting it rain outside, and holding you. I mean, my God, this was 1980. It's the same. I heard that song yesterday and went, oh my God. Sticks, you crushed it. I used to be a huge Sticks fan. That's my new resolution for this year. I... Last year, my New Year's resolution was more Hall & Oates. This year, it was going to be more Counting Crows. Just on my playlist. Just play them more often. Changed my mind. This year, more Sticks. Dennis DeYoung tours alone. He's not part of Sticks. I think he's gotten sideways with the guys in the band. And maybe part of it is politics and conservatism or whatever. But that album was massive. That was a massive album. And it was what was defined in that era as recession rock. Carter had ruined the economy. The hostages were still being held in Iran. We were the embarrassment of the world. Our leader was feckless, looked completely lost, scared, and timid. And we hated that as Americans. And I'm hoping that's exactly how voters feel today. That would be good. Uh, next up, we'll be brought to you by Buck Disposal, your local disposal company. He's got three different size containers for your job site, whether you're cleaning out your house, remodeling, building a home, or have a construction company or construction site. They're perfect for business owners. If you've been using a corporate operation with call centers in Chicago or even worse, India or Guatemala, go local. BuckDisposal.com, part of the Buck Roofing Company. 913-242-7695 for all your disposal needs. It's BuckDisposal.com. Advantage Termite and Pest Control is one call does it all. For all your pest control needs, and your lawn needs, all of your uh, fertilizer, uh, four, five times a year they come and treat your lawn, and they'll treat the critters as well. Advantage Termite and Pest Control, 913-768-8989. I promise you, I prom my promise to you is Advantage Termite and Pest Control will be better than anybody you've ever used. You'll, be, you'll just absolutely be thrilled with them. They will be the best. AdvantageTPC.com. Ideal Health, many of you are calling Dr. Kip Van Camp's office and getting a consultation and learning more about regenerative medicine, about instead of taking shots or pills from Big Pharma, a bunch of medicine, what can your body do for you, whether it's through blood spinning or patch therapy or your body's tissue? Your own body's tissue can heal what ails you, whether it's onset of something really serious like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, or if you're just COVID shot injured. If you've got shot injuries, if you've got pain, if, you've, if you're just in a funk, if you're hurting, please call Dr. Van Camp's office and schedule a consultation and see if it may be for you. It's, it may not be for everyone, but it may be exactly what can bring you back to being yourself. IdealHealthKC.com, 913-745-5300. That's 913-745-5300, IdealHealthKC.com. Trump rolls in Michigan. I mean, rolls. He got more votes than all Democrats combined. On the Democrat ballot, they had Biden unconfirmed or uncommitted, I'm sorry, uncommitted. And then that Dean, whatever his name is. And Trump got more. They're going to say, oh, Nikki Haley got 26% of the vote in Michigan. Yeah, well, Trump's percentage of the vote, the 70% or whatever he got, uh, was more than all Democrats combined. And there were a whole bunch of terror-loving Hamas supporters that voted uncommitted 
against Biden. Michigan has a very, very high population of uh, folks from the Middle East. And a lot of them support Hamas against Israel. And so they couldn't pull the lever for Biden. They went and pulled uncommitted. You know what that tells me? I don't care what, it wasn't a big number, but I don't, we don't need a big number. What if you get 10,000 Hamas-loving people in Michigan that voted for Biden last time that ain't voting for him again because of this war and his support for Israel? They're not going to vote for Trump. What if they just go vote for somebody else or stay home or write in Bill Cosby? I don't know. All I know is that could be into the thousands. It could be 20,000 by the time it's all said and done. 20,000 Muslims show up at the poll in November in Michigan that voted for Biden last time and do anything other than vote for Biden, he's losing. He's losing Michigan. Trump has a five-point lead in Michigan right now. Jeez, it's unbelievable the leads he has in all these polls. Really quite remarkable. All right, on to some sports. Legereus Sneed news of the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are at the Combine. Brett Veach and Andy Reid are giving news conferences there. And they say they're prepared to tag, put the franchise tag on Legereus Sneed. That has to happen by March 1. That's when the new season starts. March 1 is Friday. And I think they will tag him on Friday. I think they'll tag Legereus Sneed, franchise tag. They can keep him on the tag and pay him big money for a year. They can sign him to a new contract or they can trade him. And I think any of those three is possible. And I don't want to handicap it. I don't think they want to trade him. I think they'd rather tag him for a year and then lose him next year if they can't come to an agreement on a contract. I think they'd rather tag him and keep him than trade him. I don't think there's any imminent need for a trade. If this was like the number 28 defense in the league and it was terrible, they might consider trading him and getting three defensive players for one and stocking the roster. But the Chiefs have young talent everywhere. So stockpiling draft choices is not a need, but it certainly is in the DNA of what they like to do. So it will not surprise me if they sign and trade this player and get maybe a late first-round draft pick, a number two and a number five. For Legereus Sneed, he's worth it. The best corner in the league, teams will pay a lot for that. A lot for that. I think Chris Jones will be here. I think Chris Jones has said he's going to be here. I think he realizes now his value after football is being Chris Jones, Kansas City Chief especially if he's part of a three-peat. That's historic in nature. That's endorsements for life. That is something money can't buy. And I think, I think Chris Jones is now at the point where he sees himself in exactly the same vein as Mahomes and Kelsey, that this era of Chiefs football, if he stays, is going to be Mahomes, Reed, Kelsey, Jones. I think he's got his eyes on that. And I think that there's, there's real value to that. There's real quality of life to that. And I think Chris Jones will be here. Legereus Sneed, on the other hand, a little more interesting situation, but they could tag him and play him for a year. They could sign him to a new deal or they could trade him and stockpile. McCole Hardman went on a podcast and he told some great stories. It was fun. It was interesting. But he also said while he was playing for the Jets that he basically quit on the Jets last year, refused to return punts because he didn't like the special teams coach. He's saying this out loud. Like, I was a crappy teammate, and that thing offensively is a piece of crap, and everybody just kind of put their arms up and said, Aaron Rodgers is here, let him let Aaron be Aaron, let him do what he does, and then he got hurt, and nobody knew what to do. He said the whole thing unraveled. That may be true, but he's saying this, and he's like, I'm not returning punts. I'm not going to risk getting hurt for this guy right here, this, this, this special teams coach who he didn't like. That's bad form. All right, refusing to work is bad form. And then he says he texted Mahomes and Brett Feach to get him out of there. If they texted back, that's tampering. Not kidding. If Mahomes and Veach were texting McCole Hardman back before they traded for him, about trading for him, that's tampering. And the Chiefs could lose a draft pick. And you know what? I'll go ahead and say it. The Chiefs should lose a draft pick. Fair is fair. Other teams do this stuff. The Chiefs did that. It should cost him. It's not like McCole Hardman was some insignificant piece. He had a huge catch in the game and the game winner in the Super Bowl. It worked out. McCole Hardman, pipe down on your time with the Jets. Can only get you in trouble in Kansas City. 
The question is, is this enough trouble that he's gone, that he's jettisoned out of here now? The Chiefs are like, uh-uh, this guy's got loose lips. He's gone. He's not that valuable. We don't need him. Don't know. Don't have the answer. I know this. The Chiefs do not like people talking. They allow Travis Kelsey to do what he does. They do not like anybody saying anything. If you're on the team, you're in the media, you're doing anything, you start chirping and saying something, you're gone. They come after you. with the, it's, it's Democrat-esque, man. They come at you, the whole machine comes after you. Serious stuff. More trouble for Tyreek Hill, who, as I said when the Chiefs traded him, would never win another playoff game. I'm standing by that. He hasn't. Tyreek Hill is being sued, oh my God, by a plus-size online influencer. He's flirting with some big girl online who's an influencer. Flirty DMs led to him inviting her over to his house to help him train. He wanted this, I guess he thought this big girl was kind of sexy, to go out and practice football with him and bump him around a little bit while he's working out. Like instead of using those soft padded things they do where they hit receivers and do whatever, I guess he's going to use her and bounce off her while he's catching passes and doing whatever. Uh, This doesn't make any sense. But nothing in Tyreek Hill's life makes sense. She's now suing him for battery, assault, and negligence after she alleges he broke her leg in a workout at his house last year. Now, that's on his property. That's even worse. He'll have insurance for that sort of thing, for the injury or whatever. But if there's battery, assault, or negligence, I mean, I don't know. Is this a woman just trying to suck some money out of him somehow? Hey, write me a check for $100,000 and I'll go away? Probably. But what the hell is Tyreek Hill flirting with big girls on social media that are influencers, inviting them to his house and having them practice football with him? What is that? How strange is this guy? And what kind of sexual perversions does he have? Says he wants to be a porn star after football. He's got 100 kids already from various different women. He just had a 38-day marriage ending in divorce. Maybe. Now they're saying maybe not. I don't know. This dude is bizarre. Oh, boy, you don't want to hear this. Chiefs got better when Tyreek Hill left. The distraction alone. If you think Taylor Swift is a distraction, do you know what kind of mess Tyreek Hill was when he was here? Non-stop. Do you remember the stuff that went on with Tyreek Hill? That's a weird dude, man. That is a weird dude. Interesting college football odds are up for the first time. This is odds to make the college football playoff. Odds to make the playoff. Are you ready to be shocked? I know what you're thinking. Ooh, Missouri's good. Missouri, okay, let's go. Where's Mizzou? Nope. It's Kansas State. Kansas State has the seventh best odds of making the college football playoff. They are minus 200 in Vegas right now, which is a 66.67% chance of making it. That is the highest, obviously, in the Big 12. Uh, Seventh overall, that sounds shocking. At the same time, Heisman... Odds are flying up the charts for Avery Johnson. Vegas has looked at his stats from last year and said, okay, limited snaps during the year, but then he played the bowl game and was really good. And we're looking at this and what he did and his stats actually over an entire season from last year, what what Avery Johnson did statistically, if he did that over a season, would win the Heisman. And they're looking at it going, "Uh uh-oh, this guy. So he's going up the charts. Thereby, K-State's going up the charts. Chris Kleiman's won the league. The big boys are gone. Oklahoma and Texas are out. And Kansas State is like a a crazy, that's too big of a favorite if you ask me. Two out of three chance to make the playoff. You got to win the league. Maybe you could finish second and get in, but you got to win the league. I don't think they have that good of a chance to win the league. I mean, I wouldn't put their chance of winning the league more than 40%. There's five or six teams that could win it, including Kansas, which is plus 250 to make the college football playoff at a 28% chance which I think is high for them. Have they won nine games yet? In a regular, you got to win nine games. You got to get to nine and three to have a shot at this thing. You probably got to get to 10 and two. As Kansas won nine games, their quarterback is a giant question mark. He's never been healthy. Yeah, if he plays 12 games, sure. That's too high for Kansas. I'm I'm not taking that bet. And then Missouri's probably too low. They're plus 550 with only a 15% chance of making the playoff. And what Vegas is saying is they're in the SEC. They ain't going to make it. 
But what they might be missing is the SEC is going to swing the big stick on this deal. And they're going to have influence over that committee. And as we expand to 12, you can bank on it that at least two SEC teams are going to be in the playoff and maybe as many as four. And if it goes out to four, Missouri's chances are a hell of a lot better than 15% because they're returning a lot and they were really good this year. Interesting, interesting odds. Here's one even more interesting for Chris Kleiman, the K-State coach. How good has he been with quarterbacks in his career at North Dakota State and K-State? He's got Skylar Thompson with the Dolphins right now from K-State. Will Howard, they pushed out of the program and said, Avery Johnson's the starter next year. So Will Howard went into the transfer portal, lands at Ohio State, and they're the number one team in the odds to make the college football playoff. Chris Kleiman has two of the top seven quarterbacks, odds most likely to make the college football playoff. He recruited two of the seven. And he just continues to recruit quarterbacks at Kansas State. He's got quite a knack for that, and it's made a big difference for K-State. Partial government shutdown could be coming Friday. Mike Johnson stepped up to the podium, the Speaker of the House, outside the White House yesterday and said he had a one-on-one meeting with Biden. He went in there with all the muckety-mucks. They sat around and nothing happened. And then they all left the room, including the aides. And Mike Johnson sat, says he sat alone with President Biden in the Oval Office, looked him in the eye, and said, you're getting nothing for Ukraine until the border is secure. He said, I told the president to sign an executive order right now mandating the border be enforced, controlled, and stopped. And we make a powerful statement to the world, do not come here. We will send you home or detain you. You're not getting set free into our country right now. We're closing the border. Stop your journey. Now, that sounds great. Do you think Mike Johnson's going to do that? Because the government's going to have a partial shutdown if they don't figure this thing out by Friday. And they're all saying they're not shutting the government down. I don't think Mike Johnson's got the balls to shut the government down. What I would do is I'd have a news conference today if I were Mike Johnson, and I would say this is very simple. This has nothing to do with the House of Representatives. It has nothing to do with the Senate, okay? This is the President of the United States. We have a security issue in this country. With, a, with an executive order, he can close the border. If he does, the government stays open by Friday. If he does not, the government's closing down. And the government will remain closed until he follows through on his sworn oath to protect and conserve the Constitution and the people of the United States of America. He can, with an executive order, close the border. And when he does, we'll reopen the government. This is all on Joe Biden. We'll give money to Ukraine. We'll give money to Israel. We will do it all as soon as he takes care of Americans first. That's what you got to say. You throw this right back on Joe Biden. You sign this thing, the government's open. The government's open or closed based on you. We'll agree to your deal if you close the border. I don't think Mike Johnson's got the stones to do that, but I would. Three more alien crimes over the last 24 hours. Okay, here's what's going to happen. You're going to need a scorecard, folks. You're going to need a scorecard to keep track of all the illegal alien crimes because now that it's a national conversation, every media outlet's going to report this and every police department, every prosecutor, every person everywhere is going to bring this up to gain points. They've looked at the polling. They know where Americans are on this and it really doesn't go by party. Democrats are going to step forward and say, we caught an illegal alien who committed a crime. We've now had three more in the last 24 hours that came out and some of these were a couple weeks ago. They were just dead and buried. Nobody saw them. Didn't happen. Oh, well, let's go report this one now. This happened February 6th. Let's report it. Rapes. You name it. They're all there. It's uh, One was a toddler beaten up. It's just insane. You're going to need a scorecard. And here's what we really need. I'm not smart enough to do this. Maybe you are. We need a database. Or if you know of a database, please send it to me. And we need a geography tracker. We need to know where these crimes are occurring most. We need hot zones, cold zones, things like that. Show us the cities where there's most illegal crime. We need a database that tells us exactly how much. Here's what's now happening. This database can grow as we go forward because now local authorities are seeing, oh my God, if we just release this guy that committed this crime, it could come back on me and it could hurt my career. They don't worry about the people dying. They don't worry about the crimes. That, that's never the concern. The concern is always the person's career, the prosecutor, the judge, whoever. Now they're looking at this going, geez, 
uh, we got to turn these people over to ICE. So we're going to see a flood of illegals over the next few months turned over to ICE. We're going to see this. When we do, we need to see the data on this. And I want to see a geography tracker over where this is happening more than it's not. I want to know if it's closer to the border or if they're going to Chicago, New York, San Francisco. I'd like to know where all this stuff is. I think we're going to learn that in the next few months. Our final final today is brought to you by ticketsforless.com. Hey, ticketsforless.com has no fees. They offer transparent upfront pricing. I got an unbelievable email from a gentleman uh, who says he wanted Sporting Kansas City tickets. And he went physically to ticketsforless.com, 131st in Metcalf in Overland Park. Call me old school, but I so appreciated working with the people face-to-face, especially great conservative companies like Tickets for Less. They couldn't have been more helpful, and the price you see is truly the price you pay. There are no hidden fees. Then I saved a few bucks with the promo code KKHI being the icing on the cake. My friends and I love your podcast, Kevin, and the message of American exceptionalism you're spreading. Feel free to use my testimonial and name on the podcast. This is from Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate your email. That is Tickets for Less in a Nutshell. You can buy online no matter where you live. You can call them or you can walk right in at 135th, 131st and Metcalf to their corporate office at ticketsforless.com. Your promo code is KKHI. Back Nine Development is your custom home builder in Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, or Manhattan. Their entire portfolio is online at backninedevelopment.com. And the Finch Knife Company has a new retail location, Hill Creek Market, located in Lecompton, right between Lawrence and Topeka. Feel free to check it out there or Shields in Overland Park, the Bullet Hole in Mission, Teague Tractor in Belton, or online 24-7 at finchknifeco.com. Keep life from getting dull with a Finch pocket knife. Our final final is Red Bull's racing team. You've seen the Formula One racing. Max Verstappen is the greatest driver in the world, right? He drives the F1 car. Over the last year, Red Bull Racing has been building a custom drone just for them. It had to be agile and fast enough to follow Max Verstappen wherever he went in his Formula One car. This was a daunting task. They have done it. They have built a drone. Are you ready for this? This drone accelerates two times faster than Max Verstappen's F1 car. And it goes zero to 186 miles an hour in four seconds. The top speed is 217. They have gone out around the track and followed Verstappen with their drone. And there's videos all over it online. It is amazing. Red Bull and motorsports and Red Bull airplane racing and the things that they're involved in are really cool. I love those airplane race things too. Those are just awesome. And building a drone that goes zero to 186 in four seconds is pretty badass. And that deserves our final final today at Kevin Keatsman has issues. Don't forget to go to the kklist.com. That is the kklist.com. We have a patrons only party coming up March 28th for the Royal season opener. If you'd like to join the patrons, go to kkhasissues.com. It takes less than five minutes. Join the patrons and join the fun for our patron party March 28th. Kevin Keatsman has issues. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.